0: Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Hi, my name is Shaleen Johnson, and thank you so much for joining me on this live broadcast of The Shaleen Show. Today, I want to talk about how to do it all when there's so much more to do, and you feel like you can't do it all, but you're supposed to do it all, and how do other people do it all? I started off this live broadcast today on Periscope and I showed the viewers my own highlight reel, which seems very like braggadocious, like why would you do that? But I did it to make the point that whenever I watch my own highlight reel, that's like the the reel that I might have playing if I'm speaking to a crowd that I've never spoke before. It's kind of like my way of letting them know kind of who I am, establishing credibility without having to go on stage and say, here's what I've done. But when I watch my own highlight reel, it makes my heart race and it makes me nervous and it makes me feel like a slacker because it's like everything all at once. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's all this stuff. And then I always have to remind myself, I'm like, oh, dude, that's that's me. And I know the story. Like I know the backstory. I didn't do all those things at once. I'm not doing all of those things now. I've done them over a series of seasons Now, if this is the first time you spent some time listening to me, um, you probably don't know this yet, but I'm a Midwestern girl. I am from Michigan and I know a little bit about farming. I've spent a lot of time in farming communities. And so I want to start by making the analogy to seasons and crops. You see, as far back as even 6,000 BC, we believe that farmers were rotating crops That means if you are a landowner and you own a huge or even a small lot of land where you are growing crops, the crops, if they were just continually growing new crops, new crops, new crops, and never giving that field a chance to rest, the yield was lower. The vegetables were smaller, they were less nutrient dense, and it produced less of a harvest. So what even modern day farmers today, and, and I live in Southern California, but in Northern California, if you go into Bakersfield in those areas, and we have friends who are farmers in those areas, you will see that there are fields where there's nothing growing for quite some time. And then maybe grapes will grow, and then maybe corn will grow, and then maybe watermelon will grow in that same field. And they do what's called rotating of crops. Not All of the fields are growing at the same time. Not everything is happening at once. So I want you to start thinking about your life in terms of rotating crops or seasons. They're seasons. And the seasons I'm going to speak about specifically today are first, what's known as the fallow season. I like to think of it as a season of restoration. It's a season to just recoup, it's a season to pull back, and to restore. We're also going to talk about a season to create, a season for growth, and the funnest season of all, which is the season where you harvest. In other words, taking advantage of what you've grown all of your hard work, all of the cultivating of those crops and actually taking a moment. And very few people ever really harvest. Most people only stay in two seasons. They're usually doing the creation season and the growth season simultaneously and layering them one on top of the other. And that's why the soil lacks nutrients. If you skip the harvesting season, then you really never get to enjoy, literally, the fruits of your labor. So today, I want to talk to you about these seasons and help you understand how I've had to learn to apply these in my own life and how difficult it is sometimes when the messaging and our own mindset is such that we feel like we have to go, 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 and you never hear anyone talking really about a season to fallow or a season to celebrate your harvest. For those of you who are involved in the fitness industry I know you've heard, the, you've heard this before, this concept that growth happens during rest. In other words, if you're doing heavy strength training, which by the way, I did yesterday and it hurts to even sit here right now. I'm not even kidding. These buns are buns of steel. I'm certain right now after what I did yesterday and I did to my staff. So I invite my staff over. Well, basically, I force them to come over and they come to my house and I force them to exercise with me because if they don't exercise with me, I will fire them. I'll hire them back, but they will be fired for like an hour if they don't show up. And so we lifted yesterday. And what people in the health and fitness industry know is that the growth doesn't happen while you're doing the lunges. The change in your muscle composition, the improvements in the way your booty sits up nice and high doesn't happen while you're doing the lunges and the squats. It happens during your rest. Same is true for your business. The same is true for your life. Yeah. Rest is so important and we just don't talk about it enough. For me, this is a very difficult concept because, as I've shared, I grew up in a household where my dad, who's my idol, um, is a serial entrepreneur. And so I never saw a season of fallow. I never saw a, a harvest season. I always saw create and grow, create and grow, create and grow. And so you do as you see, you know, even if you didn't intend to pick up on all of the good and bad habits from our parents, we just tend to do that. And so that's how I learned to become an entrepreneur was by doing everything all at once. And I always felt it wasn't enough and I never enjoyed my success. People would say, gosh, aren't you proud? Or doesn't that blow you away that you did that? And I would nod because I felt like it was the polite thing to do. I'd be like, I know, yes, thank you. But I didn't feel it. Because if I were to slow down long enough to own a compliment or to own a harvest, to actually sit down and eat the fruit, well, then I wouldn't be creating and I wouldn't be growing and then there would be no harvest. That was my thought. My thought was that if I was celebrating or eating the harvest, if you will, then there would be no crop and that would be dangerous. And so I had this mindset of scarcity, like there's, this is the last crop. And if I eat it, if I take a moment to enjoy it, if I take a moment to sit and relax and to take this in and just go, wow, we did this, then we wouldn't be able to eat. Vacation, when my husband said, hey, we're gonna take a vacation, my heart would sink and I would get nervous because I felt that there wouldn't be a harvest to create or grow if i was resting going to a movie sitting down to watch tv any of these things were upsetting to me because i felt as though i felt as though there wasn't enough and i was going to miss out and if i if i was celebrating if i was resting if i was enjoying the harvest then there was nothing being created and therefore nothing growing and so i felt this constant sense of urgency overwhelm, panic, anxiety. And even if I was doing like a thousand times better than what I was before, I didn't feel it because there was always somebody else off in the distance who was doing so much more that I could and should be doing. So it got into this like laws of comparison. And the laws of comparison are such that there's always someone Better, bigger, stronger, faster, making more. No matter who you're comparing yourself to, if you're caught up in that game, you never win because there's always somebody with more, always someone who's doing more. So what I started to do, and here's how I made that transition. Please write this down. I started comparing myself to people who seemed calm, who didn't have that fear of missing out, that anxiety, that constant drive that I had. And I had to look for them and I had to find them. I was like, okay, you know, if, if it makes, if it gives me drive to compare myself who are doing, then what I want to do is I want to compare myself to people who can relax and turn it off and enjoy the fruits of their labor. I, I want to compare myself to people who seem to be really present. And I want to do that. And if I compare myself to them, then I'll watch their ways and I'll figure out what they're doing. And I can learn to change these habits. My friends, you can change these habits. It's a habit. Our way of thinking is a habit. Our way of doing is a habit. Our way of prioritizing. All of this is a habit. And the good news is that means we have the ability to change it. So the first thing I had to realize, and before I learned the season of restoration, the first thing I would like for you to do, because I think it's the easiest way to start this, is to start by adding a season of harvest. It starts right now. So take out a pen and a piece of paper. And for those of you who are watching live, you'll be able to type yours in. But here we go. Your season of harvest begins with gratitude and praise for you, for you. And you have to start small and work your way up. So I did this by first going, okay, I have to monument big projects. So when I finish filming a video, rather than the very next day going into the next project because I have nothing scheduled on that day, that day will be a day to monument the harvest. If I just finished a series of videos for my academy, well, then I schedule that next day off as my harvest day. I can go shopping. I don't have to smile. I don't have to put on makeup. I don't have to interact with anyone. I can be an introvert. I love being an introvert, like not talking to anybody, just, sitting and doing nothing, but specifically using that time to mentally reflect on what I've just done and realize it is a big deal. It's a really big deal. It doesn't feel like it now because I can do it. But if I thought about myself 10 years ago doing these things, I wouldn't have believed it's possible. So I have to go back into that mindset and look at what I've just accomplished from the eyes of the person I was 10 years ago and realize that's huge. How many of you have done something this month that you really kind of can't even believe you've done it? Like if you give yourself a moment to celebrate, to harvest what you've done. Now this has to be specific. It can't be fleeting thoughts. Please write that down. To harvest isn't to just for a moment think about what you've done. It's to take a day or a week. Now listen, I'm a realist, so I know you're not going to take a week off to say Look at how amazing I am and all the amazing things I've done. I'm a realist. I know that's not likely. But I know that you could take a day. But you might need some accountability. I sure did. Because my natural go-to is work. That's my natural go-to. But it's not necessarily because it makes me happy. I mean, it does make me happy, but I'm always happier when I'm with my family and chilling out because it's easier to work. This is just easier because that's what I grew up doing. You know, I grew up hustling. My dad's a entrepreneur, had 55,011 trillion businesses of which I worked in while we were growing up. So that's what I know. And we do what we know. We do what comes easiest. So I use my husband and my family and my friends to help keep me accountable and, and my staff, my assistant, Kristen. I shouldn't even call her my assistant. I should call her my, my life boss. My life boss, Kristen, knows. I will say, oh no, you can schedule it um, the day after I finish filming that. She'll go, no, no, no. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, fine. You're right, I'm going to celebrate it. Um, just last weekend, I had the opportunity to speak at the world's greatest speaker training for Brendan Bouchard and Bo Eason and Roger Love. And normally what I would do is I would speak at that event, I would fly back home and get back to work. And Brett held me accountable so that the moment we finished, we whisked ourselves off to a lovely resort. We were, went to the um, um, the Ritz-Carlton in Half Moon Bay and enjoyed three days, and all we did was celebrate. We enjoyed the harvest. So that's what I'm gonna ask you to do now. Please, jot down a few notes of some things. You're really gonna take a moment to harvest this, the longer that list is, the better you're going to feel about taking a day off to just celebrate it. And maybe you'll go shopping and maybe you'll go to the movies and maybe you'll just lay around with the kids and maybe you won't take a shower and maybe you'll stay in your PJs all day. But the longer that list is, even the small stuff that's on there, even the stuff that you're like, I don't know if this is a big deal to anyone else, but it's a really big deal to me that I want on camera or it's a really big deal to me that I I finally finished this, you know, this Achilles heel, I finally, I finally got to my frog, if you will, then I want you to list it because the longer that list is, the better you're going to feel about taking that full day. That's all I'm asking you to do is to practice a single day of harvest and that will wet your palate and you will realize that things get better the next day, that you will have a more fertile, a more fertile crop when you take time to harvest. Okay, that's step one. Now I'm really getting quite good at it. Now I actually enjoy all of the things that we've set up that are what I consider a harvest. So Brett and I have these traditions that whenever we finish something big, we have lots of different ways that we celebrate the harvest and it's fun and it makes so much more sense and it's exciting and it also feels like you're giving yourself permission. You're like, well, this is a success habit. I'm not being frivolous with my money. I'm not being lazy. I'm not being a slacker. This is what successful people do. Will you take a moment? to celebrate your harvest. Maybe you're going to go to dinner or maybe you're going to send yourself flowers. You have to tell people that's what you're celebrating. You can't just like do it up here. You have to say to your spouse, your, your, your staff, your kids, you're like, guess what we are celebrating? Because you are a role model. You're a role model to your partner. You're a role model to your children. You're a role model to your friends. And so when they see you, who's this incredibly successful driven personality type, actually celebrating your successes, then they too will follow suit. The next season that I'm going to challenge you to consider is perhaps the most difficult for my type A's. It's also really, really difficult for anyone who lives in the 2015, 2016, depending on when you're listening to this, because there's so much to distract us. Imagine what it was like in 1970 when, you know, not very many people watched TV and we didn't listen to radio that much and there weren't cell phones and iMessage, and Inbox, and Facebook, and um, Twitter, and Instagram, and all of these things that easily distract our attention. It's not just that people are demanding to interact with us. We're seeing everybody else's success. And everybody else's success makes us nervous. It makes us panicked. It makes us feel as though we should be doing more. And it makes us feel as though we should never rest because wow, if this person's killing it and that person's killing it, well, then they must be on the hustle and on the grind 24-7. And I know some of you follow some of those people who want you to be on the grind from 7 until 11 p.m. That's fine, but not for me. If you have a problem with that, you should get out of the car now because I'm I'm just going to keep hounding you to not live that life. I want you to be off the grind. I want you to be able to rest. I want you to have a season to fallow. So I want to tell you about what it means to fallow. To fallow is to allow the crop to restore nutrients. And the reason why farmers do this is because they found that if they gave the crop time to replenish nutrients, the crop that was harvested was that much more bountiful We know this is to be true for rest, but for some reason, when it comes to our lives and our businesses and opportunities, we just refuse to rest. And I'm so glad that Michael Hyatt, and I'm not sure if he's here now, and I listened to a podcast he did about taking a month off and how he and his wife just literally unplugged from business and took a month to just travel. And when I heard that podcast, I think it was uh, October, and I thought, I can do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it in December, but it was too late to plan any vacations because the kids had school and sports, but I decided I'm going to do this. I'm going to schedule a season of fallow. I'm going to schedule a season of restoration. Now, four weeks might not be in your deck of cards, but it wasn't mine. And did that mean I was going to be making a lot less money in those four weeks? Of course, I promise you, I was not going to work. So it did mean that I worked extra hard in October and November to get all of my work done, but I didn't work additional hours. I worked from 11 until 3 p.m. And then sometimes only now that my kids are older, I'm in a season where the kids are older. When they were younger, I didn't have the luxury of being able to work in the evenings. I only worked in that that window of 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's something we teach in Smart Success. And for those of you who are going to ask, Smart Success is not open. We haven't opened it yet. And you can get on the waiting list. It's at smartsuccess.com, but I digress. But it's, it's something that I stick to and it's something that I keep. And so that meant that I had to get my work done still between the hours of 11 to three. I just had to be very, very focused and concentrated. I turned off my Wi Fi. I turned off my phone and I just put my nose down and I got all of my podcast episodes done in advance. And I only worked on work and I only worked on one thing at a time and I eliminated all multitasking and all distractions. And I worked in pure silence, no sound, no people, no distractions, no extra tabs open on my computer screen, just focused work because my goal was to just two months later, take the whole month off and do nothing, nothing. Yeah. Hearts for nothing. (laughs) And I didn't know if it was going to be possible. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And I didn't know if I'd be able to do it. You know what I mean? Like take a month off and stay home and do nothing. Like there was nothing planned. There was no vacation. We weren't going anywhere. But you know, I just was like, I don't know why, but I believe God is calling me to take the whole month of December off. And so that's what I will do. And so I got very, very focused and I put my nose down to the ground and I did my work so that I could take the month of December off. And I'll tell you what, towards the very last week of November, I'm like, dude, I've done this. I've got a stockpile of like two months worth of podcast interviews. I've got everything else done that I needed to do, and everything else can wait because I'm going to take a season to fallow. And just a day before Thanksgiving, I got a call from my dear friend, um, Dr. Michaela, and she was barely audible. And she said, there's been a fire and she was kind of crying. She handed the phone over to uh, an EMT and that EMT said, um, your friend has been in a fire here in the office building and we're transporting her to a burn center. And that was just a few days before Thanksgiving. Ironically, my friend Monica was driving past my house. I called her and I said, I just got this call from Dr. Michaela, Michaela. And, um, She's at the burn center. She's been in a fire. And she's like, what? I'm like, I know. I don't, I don't, she, she couldn't really talk. And so she, um, Monica came over here really, really fast. And together we drove to the burn center. And, um, when we got there, oh, I don't want to (sighs) cry. Anyways, um and and uh i don't want to go into too many details cuz this is her beautiful story to tell but i will tell you that she went through many very painful surgeries and uh being burned from head to toe is very painful and um and she's such a trooper and she was just being you know here she's just like oh god she couldn't see what we were seeing and i don't know if you've ever um seen someone who's been burned but their skin like changed really fast like it's it's red and then all of a sudden it turned like like these big bubbles and she didn't know you know cuz she was on like on a lot of pain medication at the time and um so we could see like oh my god and she was like trying to stay calm and and making jokes but we just knew it was bad really bad and she was joking about, like, oh, well, you know, we'll go work out tomorrow. And we were like, N- I didn't know how to tell her that we weren't, it was going to be a long time. You're, you're going to be here a while. Uh, and you know what? What a gift it was to have the opportunity to just sit by her bedside and do nothing. And, um, I got to sit by her bedside and hold her hand and sit through the night and for those of you who remember the podcast serial remember the podcast the serial podcast I was obsessed with it and even while she was like sleeping on her pain medication one night I slipped off to target and I bought a pair of beats headphones and I put them on her and I made her listen to serial while she was sleeping because <laughs> I'm such a pusher my point is I didn't have any pressure I was able to help her and her husband and take their kids in and just be calm. I don't know if I would have been able to be present. I, I would have dropped everything for her. And I would drop everything for any one of my friends if they had a tragedy like this happening. But I would have done so and felt overwhelmed. And I would have had to work through the night to catch up. And I would have felt, I would have been by their bedside, but not been present. I was, I could hear her breathe. It was so great to hold on to somebody's hand and know I didn't have to be anywhere and I didn't have to do anything. And um, I just think that God was trying to re- sh- like show me like how rewarding it is to have nothing to do and that you just have to have faith that it will make your soil rich. I hope this doesn't come out the wrong way, but... Uh, that was like, I always tell her, spending that time with you in the hospital was one of the best couple of weeks of my whole year. <laughs> I, I tell her that her fire was such a gift. And uh, it, because it was just a solidification to me that it's important to take time to fallow, to give your, give your soul a chance to rest and restore. So how do you do that? faith. You have to have the faith that you will be rewarded. You have to schedule it. And sometimes you have to just accept it when God serves it up to you. So often people will come to me and they'll say, "Um, my son is going through a really tough time. You know, we just found out he's on drugs and I've got this, 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 and this to do. And I'm like, no, you are in the season of care. Nothing else matters. You can't do it all at once. You can't grow and create and harvest all at once. You can't. Sometimes you have to step back and have a season to care for yourself, have a season to care for an elderly parent, have a season to repair your marriage, have a season to take off for you and just let God decide what's going to come your way. You just you just have to do it sometimes. I would love for you to schedule it, even if it's just a week. But I'm here to tell you that sometimes those of you who know you need to and you haven't, take note that God is going to give you a sign that this is a season to rest. And you need to listen, if not for you, for somebody else. Sometimes they're not scheduled. It's kind of like exercise. I keep bringing back that analogy, but I don't schedule my rest days. I let them just get served up. Like I, I schedule a workout seven days a week, but at least twice a week something comes up and I don't, I don't get to get it in. And that's okay, because those are what I call accidental rest days. And I've planned for them without scheduling them. So don't forget to take that season of rest. Lifers, I love that you're here. I love that you're sharing this message. I love that we get each other And that's what is so awesome about my job and it's why I call myself a lifer and why we relate is because we get each other and you mean the world to me. Your support, your love, just sharing is the ultimate compliment. So thank you to those of you who subscribe to The Shaleen Show. Thank you for writing a review on iTunes or on Stitcher app if you've got an Android phone. Thanks for sharing my Periscope. Like lots of people love jumping on live. It's like, you know, I will listen to it, but it's so much cooler to watch you live and whatever works for you. I just want, I want to be able to be there for you because you've done so much for me. And because as we end every show, you are the bomb.com. I love you guys. You're awesome. This episode of Build Your Tribe and The Shalene Show is brought to you by Smart Success. We open up Smart Success just once a year. Smart Success is for people who are interested in making sure they're making smart decisions, reorganizing their life, their priorities, creating systems for all the things that we do so that you can have peace, so that you know your goals are aligned with your priorities, so that you and your partner and the people who matter the most are on the same page. It's a seminar that my husband and I do together. We only open it up once a year. So if you want to make sure you get on that list, please be sure to go to smartsuccess.com.